the dynasty think tank i'm chad parsons he's jordan mcmara and we share our research experience and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes now is the time to seek elite results big three thoughts coming out of news and our topics this week first one jordan we've got javante williams avoiding the pup list we're starting to have a lot of are you gonna be active or not active to start camp and obviously you have an asterisk with every single player they report yeah they can come off at any time but you know what Plenty of players will not come off at any time. Javante Williams was one of those in the crosshairs running backs that we didn't know. You know, what's his status going to be in late July, early August? Well, he avoids the pup list. He's able to start training camp. Now, that doesn't mean he's a full go or anything like that, but they're comfortable with him being a part of the process in a complete fashion. And so good news for Javante Williams here. And compared to some of his other injured brethren at the running back position, uh, he is one that avoided this tag to start. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, that I've constantly sort of talked about this offseason, and I think I mentioned on this show, I've talked about in other shows, and I've just been sort of genuinely curious about is why the market is treating Javante Williams and Brees Hall as differently as they are. And that isn't just speculative, right? If you fast, if you rewind one year, Javante Williams was going ahead of Brees Hall in drafts. Okay, so this isn't just like a you know, oh, these guys are similarly situated. The market has made a determination that not only are we going to change that, we're going to change that to the tune of about 10 spots in in uh, average draft position, which to me always seemed like it was too much. You look at both guys had similar base rates, right? And if you had sort of played out last year, both guys were on pace to hit last year. Uh, that would have given Javante Williams two. It would have given Brees Hall one. When you look at running backs that have two hits versus ones that have one in the second round, right? the multiple hit guys had 80%. The uh, guys that had just hit once, 55, 60%, right? So there's a difference there. Those profiles would have been different. And if they had played out, Williams's would have projected as being more dense. So that whole sort of difference between those two guys has, uh, has always been curious to me. And now we get to a spot where actually Javante Williams is the guy that comes off pop or doesn't go on pop while Brees Hall is on pop. And I find that you know, that kind of goes into the same level of interest. I don't even think it's necessarily that Javante Williams is underpriced. I think it's more that there's more uncertainty in the Brees Hall situation than I think people are giving credit for. Again, I don't even think like Javante Williams at running back 10, 12, 15, somewhere in there, like that's about right. That's fine. Like there's risk in there. I think that's proper. What I don't find proper is having Brees Hall at three, right? Because they're, again, they're very similar um, you know, multi-injury knee, you know, multi-issue uh, knee injuries that just give me a lot of pause. So um, that's one thing. And again, now we're sort of seeing these two guys. It's different. I'm wondering if this market converges at any point. Yeah, the biggest surprise for me is how uh, disparate they are in redraft. That, you know, you know they're definitely similar situations in redraft. Yeah. Like, even if you want to have a, a differential and you go, oh, Brees Hall is way up here as a talent, Javante Williams way down there. They did go in a similar range. Uh, and even if you wanted to have a split in dynasty, you know, the latest, uh, ADP I got in, in redraft, you got Brees Hall running back eight to 10, and then you've got Javante Williams still in the twenties. Like that's the part that is the disconnect for me. I know there's the Aaron Rodgers factor. I know there's the Brees Hall. Look what he did over six games or whatever it was last year, but Sean Payton offense, Russell Wilson bounce back. If you buy into that at all, 
than uh, they're in Denver and what they're cooking. I mean, the running back 20 is, is, is pretty egregious. And even if that moves up a little bit, the point is it's not moving up. It's not being halved. Like he's not going to suddenly be running back 10 in redraft. And, and that's kind of what it would take to have this kind of in line from even a one-year perspective. Right. Hall right now, according to uh, underdog ADP, he's at 10, running back yeah. 10. Javante Williams at 28. Yeah, um, by the way, Brees Hall ahead of Jav- of uh, Josh Jacobs, which to me is <laughs> crime against humanity. crazy, um, crazy. And there's other guys in there, but that one's insane. Right? How, how long is the suspension for Josh Jacobs? I, did, I, like, did I miss the news report? I don't know. It's, you know, he's, he's apparently still on vacation, which good for him. But um, yeah, I just that seems that is just too that's that's wild to me. So if somebody's uh, we, a running, if someone's a top 10 running back this year, what, what would your poker chip be on Javante Williams or Miles Sanders? Javante Williams. I don't think Miles Sanders has that ceiling. No, me either. And he's right. going way ahead of him. Right. So and, are you trying to win your league or are you trying to finish sixth? Right. And and the interesting part is like the thing that has over all of this, right? I think people are too bullish on the Jets for a variety of reasons, which are probably a whole other show. We could just do a deeper dive on the Jets at some point on the Patreon <laughs> side. Um, but but if you look at um, uh, Sean Payton's offenses, right, when he was in with the Saints, I mean, north of 30 points per game and, and just over 30 points per game and uh, running back scoring, right, that is at the top of the position. Like that is an enormous amount. And even if you say, hey, it's a 50-50 split, something like that between him and P. Ryan to start, right? That leaves open the potential for him to really close the season, something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of ceiling there. And they've consistent, you know, which team is the team that's consistently been in the running back market this offseason? That's consistently been speculated at, bring in guys, all this other stuff. It's been the Jets. Who has not had that happen? Denver, right? It's 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 odd to they me. Brought in P. Ryan, they've been dead silent, dead silent on the rest of it, and so they they clearly knew something that none of us knew, uh, which was that Javante and they've been buttoned up, be right? We've heard we've heard that in general versus the media, they've been very buttoned up, you know, and yeah. that is different than previous uh, regimes and years, and so that means less information is less widely known is what yep. also what we know. They also yep. might be hugely bullish on uh, Tyler Beatty. So ancillary and more important dynasty point there. Running back three, riser. All right. Uh, next one, we've got Kadarius Tony. Minor knee injury, but I saw Pro Football Doc on Twitter saying it better be this one uh, type of injury. Uh, otherwise, he's got no shot for week one. And I don't know about you, Jordan, but to me, Kadarius Tony was the interest player at the price point for me in Kansas City because you look at what he does on a per route basis and a guy that has first round pedigree, a guy that flashed, I mean, that punt return, his usage, but availability is something that has eluded Canaries Tony so far. But if you bet on injured guys that are highly efficient, it can easily come together, especially in a Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid offense. However, man, this is a setback, not at the right time. You're missing valuable August reps. And now, I mean, you're continuing down the same line of thought that we have had with Kadarius Tony, the Giants are probably like, see what we're talking about. <laughs> right. This is a guy that we, we cannot keep him upright. And here he is. I mean, early reps and even that the bubble wrap is not enough. Yeah, it's not great. 279 career routes he's run in two years. Uh, and we're starting in the wrong direction now. Um, this isn't good. What do you think this, what do you think this does in Kansas City? I mean, Juju did not really 
quote unquote, survive and make an impact. You mentioned, I think in passing on our mega show on the premium Patreon side this week, that this could be Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. And then no one else is all that high in terms of receiving yards. They've got a bunch of pieces and none of them right now have the profile even close of Juju Schmidt-Schuster, who wasn't even all that fantasy relevant last year. No, it very much has the feel of like, I was a big, Don, you know, Donovan McNabb went to Syracuse. I was a big Eagles fan during the Andy Reid McNabb era. Um, this very much has the feel of one of those offenses where Todd it was Pinkston never a, and Pinkston, James Thrash, right? Freddie Mitchell, right? There was like one Riley year Cooper. with T.O., um, but it was like very much like, uh, you know, and then at the end, there was some Deshaun Jackson and Macklin. I think those guys, but that was kind of in the, that next era. But Wait, you're looking later, sort yeah. of the era where they were going to NFC championship games, like, it was really Westbrook and a bunch of guys. And, yeah. you know, that was, that was pretty darn effective actually. And I wonder, like, there's a bit of that going on in Kansas city right now. Uh, and there's some different, you know, we talked about a bunch of different stuff, by the way, did the Patreon this week, we just, we just did one show for all the patrons. We dumped, usually do two different shows. An hour. It was about an hour and 10 minutes. I think it was by the time it was all said and done. Um, so a bunch of different discussion points. And one of the things we talked about was, was that team. I, I don't know, like Sky Moore is interesting, but I don't know if there's like a clear guy there that ever becomes like a, you know, a top 25 guy. Like I think Mahomes could throw for 5,000 yards and they don't have a top 36 wide receiver. That wouldn't shock me. Yeah. And one other thing we discussed, which I, I, I it was a very enjoyable uh, conversation. It was just look at all the, the, the picks so far that they've relatively speaking squandered, you know, mm-hmm. imagine if they got some of those or all those right ish, right. Adjacent, um, like unbelievable. And sky Moore again, first touchdown was wide open and it was in the super bowl last year. So he wasn't really all that much on the success track in year one. And you're like, well, what stopped him? That's a great question. We know what Marcus Valdez scaling is. Juju is not there. And you know, he wasn't breaking records any either you know, on that team. So yeah, not a great start for Tony. And he was a pretty cheap upside bet, you know, and, mm-hmm. and now it's not that you're dropping him in dynasty, but you definitely have to manage expectations. He might be a, a roster spot where you're like, he's not an IR. He's sitting there on your active spot. And frankly, this could continue the trend of him not really becoming anything for your team. And frankly, in his NFL career, who knows? 2.12 yards per route run in his yeah. career. That's a big number. Two uh, And 279 routes. Yeah. It feels like yeah. a what could be or what could have been type of situation five years from now. We'll look back and be like, what if he had ever stayed healthy? Yep. Well, he'd probably still be on the Giants. Then we'd be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> we came to Mahomes and we're like, yes. Well, he has to actually run routes at some Daniel point. Jones would have really broken out. Yep. Big punt return, though. He'll always have that punt return. <laughs> um, and then finally, Justin Herbert, boy, got paid. Uh, five for 262. This is an offense. This is a potentially juggernaut offense. I, I think either you or someone else had conversations in the past week about Herbert could lead the league in passing. I mean, Brady threw a ton of passes last year, but Herbert threw a ton of passes as well. Volume matters. Ask Justin Fields what his passing ceiling is, throwing the ball 400 times or whatever. And Herbert, is, I mean, the weapons are out of control this year. If If they are healthy, I mean, hot rod offense. Absolute. And Herbert is at the front man of this. They're locking him up. I still think it's an affordable number. Low 50s per year. Uh, again, you, you get to the close to the end of that deal. It's going to be affordable with how these uh, these salary caps are moving. 
Yeah. And there's some mixed messaging here on the guarantees. Um, he gets a hundred million dollars in year one, which is an incredible amount of number uh, amount nice of money. Boost. The previous high was uh, 80 million, according to Ian Rappaport. So, um, and I don't know exactly how the, the guarantees all came in with all that, but I just, I came back to it. We were talking about this in the, the mega show we had on the Patreon side as well. Mahomes 10 years, $450 million. What that's going to go down is one of the greatest discounts. A, a team spent a half a nearly half a billion dollars on Patrick Mahomes, and it that contract will go down as one of the great discounts in the history of professional sports. Um, you know, guys are just uh, multiple million dollars, and again, he's probably going to get a reworked deal where he gets a raise, he deserves it. But what a deal that is, especially relative to all the deals that we're seeing. We, we actually were looking at this. And I don't know if I said this on the Patreon side, but um, you look at his EPA per play last year, right? Herbert's was about uh, zero, uh, 0. 0.06 uh, and Mahomes is, was about was about 0. 0.3. Mahomes was literally five times the expected points added per drop back that Herbert was last year. Again, Herbert, a down year, Mahomes, a normal year, but like just how much of a discount that is for Mahomes. This locks Herbert in to be in, you know, a top five, not that he w- wouldn't have been, but I think he's for, has a really good uh, argument for quarterback, you know, three and four sort of in that range in dynasty. Yeah. I mean, one of my, my signature, you know, there's still startups going on, um, but one of my signature strategy points as well, you want to get as high as humanly possible. You know, you'd love Mahomes in every single startup draft. You'd love Josh Allen in every single draft. But beyond those two guys, the next anchor point is get to five. Get to five and get yourself Justin Herbert. Sometimes he falls to six. Um, I, I saw someone get him an eight, Jordan, which was nutty. I'm still trying to unpack how that occurred, where he goes at eight. And I also believe that they traded down to eight. So I was like, so you had a, a five or six and you traded down and you got Herbert. Like that's either you walk into intel. it. Yeah, like I I need a story on how that occurred because you said no to it. That's like the the t- Titans going, "We love Will Levis. We pass on Will Levis. We took him in the second round." That's that's the equivalent of getting Justin Herbert at 8. But it, but I really do think Herbert is the value play. You know, if you don't get Allen, you don't get Mahomes, you go to 5, you know, or maybe you get lucky at 6 or something like that, but he's the next play. And I, I mean, I, I think that offense is just waiting to erupt. We talked about Detroit a little bit on the on the premium side, but man, I, I mean, you look at those weapons, can they just stay healthy? And, and there's something to that. I think Pro Football Doc talked about it of just, you get these teams, these combinations that go on that, you know, there are a difference in training staffs and, and, and health. And there is alignment there for teams that staying health, relatively speaking in a violent sport, healthier versus not healthy. And it just seems, I mean, they've been rattled pretty much every year. And so expecting that to change, eh, you need to see it before it actually, you know, you can trust it. So, um, but man, you imagine what they're rolling out. If Quentin Johnston is <laughs> doing his thing after the catch and he's seen a ton of single coverage, my goodness, uh, pretty excited about that offense. And it's underrated because you almost forget with all the firepower they have at wide receiver, They've got Eckler. They've got Gerald Everett. These are not these are not subpar players, you know that that can kill single coverage and off coverage and all these types of you know just room to roam, which they assuredly would get. And Herbert so didn't run last Herbert. year either. I know like he he just he basically I choose it in not the, to run exactly. It like, yeah, it's just it's uh, I know because he's just, he's good enough. I mean, it's it, just he he's it, he's a nutty player. 
Yeah, it is. It like that's the type of situation though. There's just a a, a lot of different players. I, I think you know. And here's Quentin the thing: Johnson, the volume's there, right? I love that they didn't add to the running back core mm-hmm. because if they had added, you know, someone significant, then we would expect maybe a different outcome, right? Like more of a thunder and lightning there in the backfield, but they didn't. They they have the same three guys behind Austin Eckler. They're not going to lean on the ground game. They just are not. And that's great news. That's great news for Herbert volume. Yes. Even all a good the Herbert te- volume. Yeah. I mean, they may, he might lead the league in attempts. And we're talking about all these positives for why on a per drop back, per play, per, uh, per attempt basis, things could get better. So you could have both things. <laughs> Right. Volume and better efficiency is a pretty radical idea to finish the QB one, but it works. It's tried and true. Yep. All right. We're going to dynasty trading. We have two. Did I get enough this week? And uh, the first one, uh, I think you even commented. This is from MP on Twitter. We got Jalen Hurts being traded for Geno Smith, a 24 first and two 25 firsts. Um, I didn't see the the two twenty five first one. I saw it on Twitter. I I thought it was just a one first, just the one. Okay. Yeah, um, off the triple check. Okay. So no, I that but that could be right. Maybe I'm just misremembering it. I don't know. I was running today, and it's possible I did brain damage in the process. Um, the listen, I think this is appropriate price for Gene for uh, for Hertz. Right again, I like Gino. You're taking a big step up though in terms of both market value. Uh, in terms of ADP, that stuff is predictive of quarterback success, right? You look at the ceiling on this, uh, you know, he just got a mega deal. He's a super max. Geno Smith is, as much as we like him, not a super max. There's a difference there in terms of expectations and all of that, right? Higher floor, higher ceiling, I believe, in Jalen Hurts. Um, this is the like, this is why you have future first, right? This is why you stock buy them and you put them in your back pocket. And this is why you have, uh, you know, why you have savings is to spend it on players that matter. And this is a, one of those moves. Um, you know, I think it's an I think it's a fair price to make. I don't think it's an overpay. I I, I think we think higher of Geno Smith than than maybe the market does. Um, but I think it's it's a fair price to pay for Hertz. Um, and I would wonder if the person buying Geno, you know, what their angle on that was, right? Hey, I need a quarterback or I'm specifically hunting out Gino, right? If I could have done this deal without giving Gino, right? That would have been an interesting question as well. Yeah, I kind of wonder, you know, we always talk about different moves that you can make uh, corresponding to, to a deal that we're discussing. And the three firsts, having that in your back pocket, I almost wonder like the Hertz Gino gap this year, you know, quarterback is one of the few positions that you would say, well, that's only a small part of the equation, you know, that, if you can replicate the production to some degree, get in the radius, you know, then you can do a lot of work. And we talk about that a lot at wide receiver per se, maybe at running back too, that you get the three first. I mean, that can, that can be a huge linchpin to you getting another strong quarterback. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. think if you go out hunting, who gets hurt this year, who has the down, like who has the Herbert down year, right? Finishing yeah. beyond QB eight, 10, whatever you think is impossible for someone like Josh Allen or Burrow or whatever. And like all of a sudden you sit there and you're like, well, I'll give you three first plus somebody, just somebody else, another position, whatever on your roster. So you get Gino and now you got the wheel greasing assets to get another quarterback. I think that's an interesting side angle of this. And then again, I think, you know, we, we are both pro Gino and, like to say that he couldn't finish in the top five, six, seven this year, Hertz has to like go nuclear, which he can, but it's just, you're talking about smaller margins and you gave three firsts where you may not realize the value of that for potentially multiple years. 
Seattle doubled down, gave him a contract. He His weapons got better. And you're like, that's a guy that I need to include three first with to get to a guy that's not named Allen or Mahomes, right? Yeah. It's an, inter- it's an interesting way to frame this. Right. Because One of the you ways might I, have, yeah. Making that deal, you might not be affected this year. That's the whole reality. You're getting three firsts, and you may have not even any different result. Right. I think it's a fair price to make. The question I would have is like, if you're making this deal, right? One of the things that we look at in terms of, uh, in terms of picks, right? Uh, an easy way to think about picks is it's a, each future pick is basically worth a win over the next three years, right? Is kind of how you look at that, right? That's the average value of a, of a future first. So if you just sort of, again, we could time discount and all that stuff, but if you just say, all right, I'm giving up three wins in the future, uh, over the next like three or four years, right? When do I make that gap up between Gino and Jalen Hurts, right? When does Jalen Hurts pay off that gap? Um, it's going to be on the far, you know, the further outrange of that, probably. And do you right? trust Hurts? Is he um, the type that you trust him five years from now? You know what I mean? Like you true. trust him that's at right. a time period to say that, you know, when his salary becomes a factor in the team building, yeah. when, you know, when when it comes due and maybe they don't have Brown and Goddard and Smith. Yep. You know, like that's, and, and how many compromises do, does the offensive line change? Let's think back, right? Early Dak, right? Early Dak had a great offensive line, elite, mm-hmm. you might say, uh, and it's not the same anymore. Things change. And, and I know the first year you get the contract, it may not change, but it eventually does. And we're getting to that point. If not this year, it'll be next year with Hertz and things will change. So I have a question for you. Which player do you think is more likely to lead the league in passing this year? Jalen Hurts or Geno Smith? Oh, Geno Smith for sure. Well, so that's interesting. The the market yeah. number, it's plus twenty eight hundred, so twenty eight to one for Jalen Hurts, thirty-five to one for Geno Smith, which yeah. I would argue wow. is a big there's a big value opportunity to sort of if you were yeah, if you were so inclined. So inclined. <laughs> <laughs> but you right. start looking at it and there's like there's people uh in front of him, which I think have very little chance of doing so, like Russell Wilson, right? I just don't think that's gonna happen. But you start looking at a couple other guys up there, like I'd have a really hard time seeing Jared Goff do that. Right, where you could see a case for Geno Smith actually doing that, right? So I think it's a it's an interesting trade from all those perspectives. I think it's a higher. It, we like Geno, but there is a certain level of like, all right, if we're into priors, if we're thinking about probabilities, like we don't really have a great comp for this, right? We don't have a guy who was out of the league. Essentially, uh, yeah. he was literally out of the league for a year. Uh, was not on a roster for a year. And then comes back and is basically a career backup after, you know, failing as a starter. And, you know, the, we could sort of re litigate all of that, but yeah. he falls out of favor. It doesn't, you know, doesn't get another job. And then basically in his thirties comes back and does that. Like the guys, well, I mean, well, Kurt well, Warner. And also like just the, again, the does that, that. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Warner. But, yeah. but again, does that meaning he was an elite option and he got a new contract and the team had possibilities to draft the quarterback of the future and said, no, thanks. All those things occurred in the same period of time. Yeah. Same and, short. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and I think too, like, Gino, my impression of Gino Smith has actually changed this off season as we've gotten more information. It, it is improved, right? Because they were sitting there with, with five and 20 in the draft with a real chance to take at five, a quarterback, 
uh, and they gave Geno Smith basically a contract that would allow him to, if they wanted to take someone to potentially move on from them, right? That happened. Uh, and I think that they built that specifically for that purpose to give themselves optionality if they chose to, to use it, they didn't. And as a result of that, right, he's now locked in and a deal where you look at that and you're like, okay, in a year that could be, that could look like an incredible bargain. If he sort of backs up what he did last year, that basically 25, it's a little bit more than that. If you factor in all those incentives, 25 a year, it was it's three for 75. It could be more, um, with incentives. Like that's a bargain right and so i I, you know and he could be in line for an even extension and and longer term deal next year right he was eighth in the league in passing last year you look at some of the added ancillary stuff like deep passing and stuff pff's best deep passer last year right so it's not fake it was not fake with geno smith last year and i think that's the tough thing because you don't have a lot of comps for him but it was it was not fake right it was totally real what happened um it's just you don't have a ton of comps to look at that Yep. Next one, we got a Mahomes deal. And we actually got some pieces with Mahomes uh, for once. We've got Mahomes, Corlin Sutton, Juju Schmidt-Schuster, Jerick McKinnon, and Michael Carter for Trevor Lawrence, 110, 112, and a 24 first. So this is basically the way I would view this. It's Trevor Lawrence, you know, maybe... Yeah, it doesn't say if it's tight end premium, right? If it's tight end premium, maybe it's uh, you know, maybe you're getting a tight end, maybe that's a Kincaid or Laporta. It's probably a rookie wide receiver or something like that, and a future first. Um, I don't think that there's a real asset there that makes me want to move off of Mahomes, right? Right, and I don't even think like it's Mahomes versus Lawrence in those picks, right? And it feels like hey, three firsts on top of Lawrence. They're not late picks. They're late picks, right? And the, fun the, money, right? Monopoly right. money, Jordan. We right. say this all the time. It doesn't matter that much. Right. You're dealing in a mega deal. This is like, I'm trying to imagine what the difference is. This is like you're buying something and you're like, well, you have to bring coffee to the meeting. <laughs> you're buying so you're like merger, giant merger. And you're like, can you throw in free donuts? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, okay. You're like it. you're bracing yourself like for 10%, you know, or whatever. And it's just, the, this is exactly what these picks are for, right? Mm-hmm. Use yeah. the picks. Right. Use right. the picks. This is the exact way. Throw them in, not throw them in, but add as many as it takes to get a deal like this done. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's it. That's it. Late first. Sometimes, again, sometimes you get you get a hit out of these picks. But if you can turn it into and Lawrence, this might be this might be a hot take, Jordan. What do you think the ceiling is for Trevor Lawrence? He's not he's not really a runner. Yep. So he has to be diabolically good as a passer to get up there. Up there. And pretty much this trade means you think he's gonna get in the neighborhood of Mahomes, right? He pretty much has to. For you to win this deal with Lawrence, he has to get. To what? QB3 in Dynasty? Pass Allen? I mean, he's got to get very high. And you might say, well, he's at six now. He's at seven now. He's at eight now. Whatever you have him in. It's a steep difference. That's Yeah, that's yeah. That, that could be Grand Canyon, right? It's Mahomes <laughs> and it's everybody else. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. You just got that guy. You just got that guy. Yeah. Jordan, you know what the, the, these trades remind me of? How cheap 101 is in startup drafts? 
because yeah. you don't have to like you don't have to pay 106 or 107 plus three first right mm-hmm. we stay we you know you try to stay at five let's say but yeah i mean you'll move up to one if that's the only move you can make and you don't have to pay this much in a startup that's this is from paul by the way so again it's it's uh it's Mahomes. the answer is Mahomes. yep Kind of fun you get other stuff though. And I don't fun. like I don't like any of the stuff you're getting, but it's kind of interesting. Hey, you yeah, you got other stuff, right? Yeah, I mean that's probably that's probably all that stuff is probably the equivalent of what one twelve or something. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, get, you get some stuff. You get some stuff in aggregate. All right, uh, one more dynasty trade here. We've got Superflex Christian McCaffrey for Marvin Mims, a twenty four first and a twenty five first. Would you so, do this as a contender? So this is a lot to give up, right? And. Um, I think I kind of look at this in a couple of ways, right? My general rule of thumb is if you have a, um, yeah, if you're going to trade a future first, it better be for a top 30 asset. I think McCaffrey qualifies, right? So that you have that. Um, two's a lot, right? Two is a lot uh, to give up. I think you got to be dead red contending, right? We had a similar situation as a couple of years ago in a yeah, five years ago. Now we're getting old uh, in a startup draft where it was like, all right, do we want to take, Gronkowski here do we want to go sort of go another another way and we decided to ultimately go another way because we wanted more optionality we weren't exactly sure I was going to unfold and all that stuff um uh, the benefit of a situation like this you kind of know that if you're making this deal you have to know basically all the other stuff that's on your roster I think before you even consider doing this you have to have two elite quarterbacks you have to, if this is a tight end premium, you need to be elite at tight end, right? You need to do, you need to be good at the premiums before you even consider doing a deal like this, right? Because you start adding first up, you can really make a difference at quarterback, right? You know, you, we just saw it, right? Going from Lawrence to Mahomes, right? If you don't have Mahomes, Allen, you know, th- you know, two of those top five or six guys, like spend that, those picks there, it's more durable, it's higher upside, it's higher ceiling as well. So that would sort of be my thought there. Again, if this is topping it off, I, I get it. Uh, but this probably wouldn't be the first way I'd go. I'll say this. Don't do this. <laughs> it's July. Please don't do this. That's fair. That's if fair. you want it, you are buying a 27 year old running back before he plays the season. You can look at your team and say, I just, I just acquired one of the very few players that improves my team or my lineup. I get that. But you're even if you say these are late firsts, I don't care. Giving two firsts for a 27-year-old running back in July is, I'll say it, Jordan. I don't say this. You know I don't say this. It's process stupid. Okay. It is. Again, he, you, when do you want McCaffrey? You trying to set a points record? How big is the pot for points? How big is the pot for getting a buy, having the most wins? These are all facade aspects, right? You mm-hmm. want him for November and December. Basically, so let me December. ask you. Let me ask you this. So, to you're giving two firsts for a player that right. is at a fragile market value state. Okay. Before the season even starts, hold these firsts and just wait for a team to fall out of it. It may not be exactly McCaffrey, but even if he's thriving in September, this doesn't mean you got the trade right. This doesn't mean it was a good trade. You start out four and zero. I would say, in the relative scope of this trade, that's meaningless. Meaningless. This trade is going to be defined by did you win the title? Did McCaffrey help you? And is he healthy in the closing weeks of the season? If it's if it's Halloween, yeah, and he's would you healthy, do this? right? And you're, I, sure. I don't know, whatever health, whatever Halloween. Let's say let's just use week nine, and you're sure. six and you're six and two or five and three, whatever, right? You're sure. 
you're the fear, I guess, what? is that he's on a contender, right? And you can't get him in a trade. Is that yep. the fear, I guess? Yeah. There's right. no one else you can buy for two first plus that you can help your team with in season. Right. Hogwash. Hogwash. Right. What if one of your quarterbacks goes down? It's super flex. Yeah. You might have two great quarterbacks right now. What You get your leg cut out in October. Again, I, w- I was... I was not happy with my quarterbacks in a two quarterback. Dak goes down. I bought him. I mm-hmm. sucked it up and I had him out for how many weeks was he out? It was like two years ago, right? It was the, yeah. not last year's the year before. Like he was out season, for yeah. it was a long yeah. time. Yeah. But I was buying in the macro. And so again, buy a profile, not a 27 year old run. I just, this is, I don't know, Jordan, this is one one. It's not one first. Mm-hmm. Give your wide receiver four and a first. I'm fine with that. Even if it's way better than Marvin Mims, I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. Don't give two firsts. I don't care how great of a team you are. If you're that great of a team, McCaffrey may not move the needle that much. God, be careful. Be really careful. Too much. Too much. Too much. What did I call it? Process stupid? Process I stupid. That, back. that was pretty aggressive. You know, I don't say that. I mean, I just you think don't say that. Yeah, two firsts for 27. You don't do that. Yeah. No. Like you just said, wait till Halloween. Yep. Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, I got one from Life and Dynasty here, learning the lessons. I want to talk about consistency. I think it's really important in your life. Uh, you know, I'm working towards many things of being more consistent in my non-dynasty life. And it's things like communication. It's your mindset. Uh, it's strategy. And I'll say this. It takes a long time to gain consistency. Something becoming a habit. They say it's what, three weeks? Sometimes it's months. Some people are fighting consistency with addiction, bad habits, things like that that are in their life, that are they're poisoning the well, if you will, and they might be fighting it every day. You know, you talk about someone who's gone sober; they have the reminder, they have the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they have, um, you know, a necklace. They have mm-hmm. something that reminds them every day, and they know exactly. I'm 97 days sober. I'm 150 days sober. I'm seven years sober, and I think consistency. With dynasty and your process, your mindset, again, this is going to evolve over time. But the point is where you are today, whatever you would write down as some of your big tenets and rules and guidelines, we just had, we just talked about one. You know, you don't acquire that type of asset for that type of price right now. Um, but have consistency with what you say, which it, it might include things like in a startup draft in these certain ranges, here's what I'm, here's what I'm going to do. That's my rule. I'm going to make these types of trades. I'm only going to trade first rounders when it's this type of thing. I'm only, you know, here's how I'm going to approach the waiver wire. Here's how I'm going to approach the lineup. Have consistency because you know what? If you don't, you don't know if what you do works. Because if you don't, if you don't adhere to it, how the heck do you know? Like if, if Jordan says, hey, I'm going to bike Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. One's going to be a long ride. One's going to be a speed ride. One's going to be this. Like training for a marathon. Good example. If you have no plan in your training, good freaking luck. Mm-hmm. Like, so w- whatever you're hoping to achieve, you don't even know if it works. You don't even know if you're improving because you're not even doing it. Like I'm going to get up and, you know, four days a week, I'm going to get up and do pushups and sit-ups. Well, if you didn't do it, you don't even know if that's a good plan. So having consistency, I think dynasty or in your life is really important. And it doesn't have to be ironclad 100% all the time but it probably can be better than what you're doing is what I'll say. It's not hundred percent, but you got to do better than 50, 50. So whether you're a dynasty owner and, and everything that goes into that toolbox 
or in different facets of your life. More consistency, it might be viewed as boring, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, Jordan, one of my things is a to-do list. And days I have a to-do list, they go way better in so many facets than if I don't have a to-do list. And I know that about myself. And you know what? In the last two weeks, I've done it probably five times. I did it today. I did it yesterday. But I had a, a relapse, if you will. Didn't do it for a week and a half. And my life didn't go as well. So whatever your thing is, whatever your to-do to list might not matter for somebody. That's fine. But it might be something else. It might be always driving your kid to school, having that conversation. It might be like, hey, if I don't go straight to the gym after work and don't even go home, it's not happening. So I have to go straight there. It, it could be a number of things. I don't pack my lunch. Okay. Maybe things go poorly. You always go to KFC. I don't know what it is. But dynasty owners, we can be consistent as well. Yeah. Just have have rules to like live by, right? And that'll that'll keep you out of trouble. Follow right? your own yeah. rules, right? Yeah, right? for sure. All right. Well, you mentioned it two or three times. What is on the mega side of premium uh, podcast for Dynasty Think Tank this week at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank? What isn't? on the premium side of dynasty think tank this week would be a better instead, question instead we, of small shows you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to listen to the whole thing because we go over a lot yeah we talked about we just, and it's funny we started right at the beginning right i when we get on the call right we we've lost stuff to you know just wherever non-recorded calls go right you just lose it uh we've lost stuff before so we just record right from the bat got awesome discussions about quarterbacks about a bunch of different uh quarterback situations we talked about we uh did some of our cardio challenge stuff we just did a whole bunch of stuff talked about offense where teams are moving it did a bunch of lions talk right we, we just we talked about a whole bunch of stuff um tight ends right we covered everything right we just went, we mixed in, we went we mixed in name time in. i'm excited about the lions jordan You've got me, me you've got me jazzed up. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm totally in for this. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had to adopt, uh, you know, I need to adopt an NFC team. And uh, so I, t I chose <laughs> another team on the Great Lakes that has not a great history of uh, of treating their fans. Well, I don't know. It's just, you could argue that it's maybe a personality flaw. Not in mind, I'm not sure. Yep. Yeah. Awesome stuff. So you want to be part of that again, just on the couch. These are discussions we have weekly and we don't always encapsulate them, but Press and record from the first second is one of the keys. Frankly, that should be one of our <laughs> forms one of, of our consistency. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because after hours is basically, you know, just hanging out at the end of the day, talking about football, talking about life, talking about other stuff. And and like Jordan said, it's our way of catching up. It's our date every week uh, to talk about many things. And again, you're going to want to keep up. This is our second time talking about the, uh, the cardio challenge we've done. Uh, is it two years? We've done it twice. We did it last year. Last year. I, I know did, we did it last year. And speaking of not time. being consistent, didn't plan ahead, didn't do any of those rules, I ended up running on pavement. So yeah, gonna, you're, gonna you're, you are planning ahead. You're correct. Turn it better this year. Yeah. So anyway, you want to hear about the specifics and this is the week you're going to hear the after effects. And uh, there's a way to put up a little video, right? On Patreon, right, Jordan? Yeah. I don't I'll think either, video, either yeah. of us are video people, but we're going to put up, we'll put up some snippets and some stuff uh, as well. So again, you're going to want to be a part of that over at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank. All right, so that's going to do it this week. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL and at McNamara Dynasty. You can also find our own Dynasty content channels, analyticsofdynasty.com and uthdynasty.com. So as always, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results.